Hi, I'm Chris Varner. And I'm Sean O'Brien. Welcome to It's Not the Differences. All right. Hello, everyone. We're going to continue on. We've been doing a lot with um, movies, motion pictures and stuff. We're going to stay on that, and now we're going to focus a little more on series, whether it's a, a trilogy, a tetralogy, whatever. And you want to talk about the best episode in a series? Well, why don't we go like your favorite series? Your favorite series. What do you think? That's, even though we have been thinking a little before we went on air here, that's still a tough one for me. I did like the Lord of the Rings series. That was well done. That was considered one of those unfilmable book series you just there was no way to put this on screen and they did they did it they did what it was it about i've never if i read the original books it was when i was like in seventh grade so right. i don't what was so it's not necessarily what it's about that matters as much as the feel because what tolkien did is he sort of created his, this made-up mythology a mythology that didn't exist before he came along and he just invented it that's pretty cool or the closest I would say it'd be it'd be sort of like what J.K. Rowling did with the whole Hogwarts mythology, or what Frank Baum did with the Wizard of Oz mythology, just created it. Just here we go. These things didn't exist at all till I came along. Here they are, and here's their culture, and here's how it all works. What the story's about is kind of ordinary. But by that I mean it's not a story that hasn't been told. It's about a very meek, humble sort of guy in a world of monsters and giants and heroes. But the meek, humble guy is the one everyone depends on. Right? He has the magic ring. He has to destroy it. And it's only because he's meek that he has the ability to do it. The ring corrupts everyone it touches, except not these guys, not the meek ones. Hmm. They're somehow resistant to it. And I think the idea is, well, because they're grounded. They're, they're, they live, they literally live in the earth. They have little mounds in which they live. They're grounded. These are people of the earth. They're farmers. They're, there's nothing special about them. And it's that lack of specialness that makes them resistant to all these mystical powers. Kind of neat. Yeah. And they do a very neat thing in it. Once our hero, he goes through three books of, of, um, going through all these monsters and all these epic battles. And when he returns home, he's not the same. He can't go back home. He has been forever changed by what happened. That's a nice message. You can't go home again. Interesting. Once you're, and people have likened his house to a, like a womb, and once he's birthed through the door, you can't get, you can't get unbirthed. You know, once you're born, you can't get unborn. And they would argue you're born many times in your life. Not just the beginning of your life, but like once, like you're a father, like I am. You can't unbe a father. Yeah. No. Right? You can't undo that move, even though your children will grow and they will, you will always be that. That can't be undone. That's an indelible change to your life. I think that's a nice little message. It is. And it's not negative. It's not a, he's not wistful about what he's lost. He's more triumphant about what he's gained. Interesting. So I, I might say that one. Okay. What do you What do you got? 
Is there a Roadhouse series? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, no, I'm, I'm working still on could. It. I'm working on still it. Still could. I need the permission of the uh, bouncer Illuminati to, uh, to go ahead with that. Uh, you know, for me, it's I, I, I love the storylines. Uh, it's nostalgic, so there's just so much involved. It reminds me of my father who passed away, watching mm -hmm. these with him in theaters. At least I watched uh, the second and third one in theaters. But just spending a Sunday afternoon watching it. And then when I got into history, that made these movies more interesting. And, of course, I'm talking about the Indiana Jones series. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, I didn't know that there really was a Lost Ark. You know, well, not the, okay, forget the Lost Ark, but the Ark of the, Ark Covenant, of the Covenant. right. All so. that sort of stuff. And, and I, I love how it goes through it. I mean, there's so many mistakes, and it's so <laughs> implausible on so many levels, but just, just fun. And yes. You know, it's nice to have that hero, and then, you know, who, what better enemy than the Nazis? Sort right? of, sort of easy peasy on and that it one. It really yeah. is. It's really all wrapped up, up with, knock a knife, down. with a nice yep. bow and, and, uh, and a nice homage to the pulp, you know, pulp detective fiction. And exactly. Very well done, and like you said, fun. Just, at the end of the day, just fun. But, you know, here's what's, what's up, because you and I always talk, and we have these conversations about, you know, are we, do we overthink things? Are we thinkers? Are we intellectual? Like, where do we fall in, in the scheme? And I remember being, even a little kid, being so impressed that Indiana Jones could speak languages and he knew history. Right. Like, aside from just being able to punch right. people in the face and use a whip and a gun, I went, yeah, that'd be great to be able to speak those languages and to know all that history. Right. Just even in the second one, he's translating, you know, and just like, his intellect. Always impressed me more than, sure. let's just say, his bravado. Well, in the first one, don't they succeed where the Nazis fail because they can translate the medallion better and thus determine the well, location? Well, they had <coughs> the, the guy that got it burned, the medallion oh, right. burned. They only had one side of the medallion. When you flip the second side over, it says it's a foot off from what the right. first But they had still had to you had to translate had to, it or know to, that yeah, it was there. Yeah, they had there. to take it right. to somebody who could translate this uh, ancient Hebrew Text. Right. They didn't and punch their way into the no, crypt. They no. fought their way in. Correct. Okay. And you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's just enough fighting and and uh, I don't know. I just it's fun. It's and the, the fourth one I did not care for, but the the original trilogy, to me, I I and I can watch them with my daughters. I sure. watch them with my sons. Someday I'll watch them with my grandchildren because they just they stand the test of time because it's a common enemy for the world. We're probably not <laughs> yeah. going to forget the Nazis anytime right. soon. And because I did, I did grow up going to religious school. It's got the religious stuff mixed right. in with it, which I found interesting as well. Right. Again, with the historical and, and those sort of things. Yeah, and they were one of the most successful, one of the most successful series, or I one of the most so, successful yeah. ones ever. Um, and there's no, I see why they want to make a fourth, and I've heard rumors about a fifth one. Maybe? Apparently, from what I heard, they're they're doing one with Chris Pratt. I see. As and I, I don't know if it's a reboot or he's his grand great grandson or however it goes. Um, but it's also one that it's funny to me because the person who they originally wanted for it was Tom Selleck. Really? Yeah, because okay. George Lucas from doing American Graffiti and then uh, working in with uh, Star Wars didn't want to just okay. I, every movie I do, I cast Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. That's true. So he wanted to go Tom Selleck, but Tom Selleck was doing Magnum PI. So you wonder how different would that be? I think it'd still be great, but just in a different way. I just couldn't imagine anyone being Indiana Jones. Right. We can't. Or I'm sorry, Henry Jones. Indiana was his nickname. Because 
you know, unless he would have done it differently, Tom Selleck has a bit of a smoothness to him. He does, doesn't he? He's drifting too close to the James Bond. And I don't Bond. think the Hawaiian shirt would work. The Hawaiian shirt would work well <laughs> in the Tunisia <laughs> desert. <laughs> the Detroit Tigers hat, probably. But every, would he have kept the mustache? There's your key well, question. you have to. Because you're not, I, I actually did see a movie with him without it, In and Out. Ever see In and Out with Kevin Klein? Yes, yes, where he's the teacher. And he doesn't and he, have yes, a mustache. I know, it was bizarre. And you it's all you away. can. You can't look away. <laughs> He's like a snake charmer. It's, yeah, it's the same thing not that, see when it. Sam Elliott loses facial yes. hair. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, who are guy? you? What is you going on? You look familiar. I know the voice. There's that huge <laughs> gap between your nose and your upper lip. <laughs> Other series for me. I mean, that you mentioned before we went on the Star Trek series of movies. You know, and that spans two completely different series, right? They went from the old series to the new. So I don't know if you count that as one long series. I don't think so. Because there's a bridge movie that does both. But um, I actually sort of dug the first Star Trek movie, just called Star Trek The Motion Picture, even though there's a lot wrong with that. The reason I kind of liked it was there's a concept here. There's like a gee whiz, gee willikers, boy, that's an interesting idea, idea. And they have since just abandoned that. We're hmm. not doing ideas. We're doing fire phasers all the time. It went a little more action. Which was never what they're about. Like, at its best, the original and then I guess the, the remakes weren't about action. Action was there to punctuate something. And it was fairly silly most of the time. But it was really the thought process. We have something we have to get through. And like you said, with Indiana Jones, you had to think our way past it. So the, the I actually kind of like the first movie. Even though most people go, no, it's awful. Like, I didn't think it was just bad. not good. For me, The Voyage Home was the best one. Oh, the comedy one. The comedy the one where they go to the... Yes. the just because I... Star Trek was something my, my dad liked, and I would have to watch every night while we ate. Or oh, the original. The original there TV you go. series. And so a lot of it, I was just too young to get it. Like uh, the dude with the pointed ears, or Kurt, why does he talk that way? Yeah, but now that I'm older, I want to go back and watch those because they, they mean more now. I, I get the stories. But The Voyage Home was the first one I saw in theaters. Oh, I see, I see. And I being see. that, you know, it was present day 80s at the time. Right, I mean, it was, right. It was just funny. It was great. It was funny. I mean, it was a fish out of water, literally. About the whales? Because it was both both fish out of water in in every sense. Um, No, they must have had a ball doing it. Oh, that's right. Why is this not fun to wander around like this? Um, Other series, if we're staying in, like, purely in movies, just movie series, um, that's a tough one for me. I don't know of many that I really Star like. Wars. Where you with the Star, Wars? Star Wars, obviously, when I was a kid, it was in 1976, I think it was, or 77. Saw it in the theater and said, there's nothing like this. This is, this is grand. Um, then the second one was at The Empire Strikes Back, I think. Also good. I started to get, the, I, the threads were starting to come loose a little bit in the third one. You didn't like the Ewoks? The teddy bear planet was yes. a little much. <laughs> um, only because, and now as an adult, I can articulate what the problem was. As a kid, I, I knew there was something wrong, but I couldn't, like, put my finger on it. The menace of the Imperial soldiers is diminished significantly 
when they are defeated by teddy bears. By teddy bears, yes. It makes the menace of the stormtroopers laughable. It made Teddy Ruxpin scary to me. Teddy, after that. I, if the Imperial soldiers can't, can't handle, handle me, Teddy Ruxpin's coming for me. I don't care. Teddy Ruxpin, then what's the... <laughs> so the threads are coming apart a little bit, but it's still hung together, because if you can just, okay, ignore the teddy bear planet and deal with the rest of the story. You still had a story. Okay. Then I'll never forget my, my friend, from who's a high school friend. He's completely deep into Star Wars. So when the what would be the fourth movie that ended up being the first in the series, The Phantom Menace, came out, he said, we have got to see this. I have been living my life for the... And we went and saw it, and within about 30 minutes, my friend said, I, I might throw up. This is un, it's not just bad, it's undoing the other movie. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, that was rough. And what I think, all due respect, the filmmakers might have forgotten is, questions are more interesting than answers. The idea that, what was the Princess Leia in the, in the original, said something about, you help my father in the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Leave that undefined. Right. And just go, oh, that's an, what were those? Wars about clones? Wars fought with clones? Wars that were themselves clones of other Like, what does that mean? Leave it there. But instead, they literally took every mystery and said, we're going to go ahead and unravel it for you. And none of them were worth, oh, it's just that? Oh, it's a war fought with clones. All right. About what? Trade disputes. Oh. Wow, that's exciting. Boy. Watch out for that. Smoot Harley tariff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that disappointed. Actually, I, I, think I just thought of a new series. I kind of like the Planet of the Apes series, the original. Like way before the original. We're talking uh, Charles Heston. Yes. No, no, those are. I, I mean, I even like the one. James Franciscus. What was the one where they they come to present day Earth and then Caesar and Ricardo Montalban's. Right. He's the circus owner. Yes. Wait, which one was that one? Return from the Planet here. of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Beneath the Planet of the Apes, number two. I think it was return escape from, from escape or return. The from? problem was they just went they just went verb preposition of any kind. Who's Andy McDowell? Was he the, the um, Roddy McDowell? Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. Well, he needed something to do. So he's like, hey, let's just keep these. Dress going. me up, make me Cornelius again, <laughs> and if that once that's no good, just make me his son. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Where they tried to reverse engineer. Okay, how would this have happened? Like, how did this come to yes. be? Which is way past what the original French novel, like didn't even touch. But it. the original one, I thought was so great. The original first oh, yeah. Charlton Heston movie, because you don't see when they first show that gorilla, on on the horse. On the hunt, yeah. I mean, and they then they just pan onto his face. I mean, how great was that? It, like, it, boy, they they, they set they took time. They did because they, they several, traveled for a while. They showered right, or, or bathed and got their clothes stolen. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and they had those philosophical discussions about why did we do this? What are we supposed to be doing here? Yeah, once you see that that gorilla in the in the hunt, um, now you know you're in. Oh boy, what's this all about? I think the first line an ape has in the movie is smile, because he's taking a portrait with the other hunters. Oh, after the there the the hunt the hunt is like reorganizing, and they've got humans on spits. And some of the gorillas are taking, you know, trophy photos. And one of them says, smile, and they're all, like, leering next to these hunted-down humans. Did you read humans. the book? You know what? I did not read the book. Pierre, uh, 
Anybody I think of name Because I heard that originally it was supposed to be an advanced society. It was. And they couldn't afford it's to do a that, so they little made it. different in the book. I think, frankly, the movie ending stronger than the book ending. Because the book ending kind of peters out. Whereas this one, I mean, you can't get more iconic, right, than the Statue of Liberty and Chuck Heston pounding the sand, wow, so screaming, and the, just, and the final credits are just the sound of waves. If I'm remembering right, Rod Serling wrote that. The ending? Which tracks, right? I can see that. Goes, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. Someone check me at home on that one. So the Planet of the Apes series I kind of like. For me, I they were going backwards. What else did you have? Rocky. Oh, there you go. That's a good call. And I call them the first four. And okay. they are all different. Obviously, Rocky won, won an Academy Award. <coughs> it's a real story. Inspired by the Chuck Wepner, uh, Muhammad Ali fight. Mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone cranks out the screenplay. insists that he stars in it. Great movie. As a kid, boring. The first one? The first one yeah, as, a, as a child. I could see that. Because I came into consciousness of this about Rocky Three with Mr. T. And that is when everything was just commercialized and it was nothing but training, running on the beach in half shirts, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan. When you have Mr. T in your movie. Oh, it's for me, you can't you do it. You may better. have gotten a, away from the philosophical. See, I disagree. Yeah, because think you I, go harder into it. I, I said, boy, where are we going with this? There is the next podcast. <laughs> Which Greek philosopher is Mr. T most closely aligned with? <laughs> um, Epicurus. No, so. Well, you had Eye of the Tiger, the soundtrack. I mean, come on. Yeah. When that song comes on, that brings up. That's true. And it's iconic even today. And then Rocky IV. Four which, is very. And did I tell you the good news? They're re releasing Rocky IV. Oh, I think you said this. November yes. 11th. With I have new, tickets. With new footage. New footage. It's going to not change my opinion at all. I can watch that training montage <laughs> any day because I was so anti Soviet Union. Well, but the, it was the competing montage. Yes. It was All American Rocky with his All American training routine. Right. Chopping trees, like down. like extra rustic, right? Yes. Yeah, because no. he could lift weights too. Right. He did, he did even, it Rocky too. Even weight training is too technological. No, no, we want rocks and sacks. I need sacks. to go wrestle a bear. Although <laughs> in Russia, how would that be easy? Whereas Ivan Drago is barely training at all. They're he's just, got well, he's got all Steve that Austin. advanced uh, equipment. Yeah, he's the six million dollar man with steroids. You know, but uh, like there are a lot of shots of him being injected. They have one like main shot, but it's uh, talked about early on that, that he does it. And of course, they deny it. But as we know, the Eastern Bloc yeah, is very well known for that going back to the 50s. So they're re-releasing that next okay. Thursday, Veterans Day, one night only. And I will be there. All right. Because doesn't Rocky make a plea for unity? At the, the end. Final bout. I've got to show you something which reminds me. They, they did this... I, it's, uh, you know that 30 for 30, uh, 30 yes. uh, documentary series? Yes. They did one, and they portrayed it from the standpoint as if Rocky IV was real. So they have all these actual <laughs> real boxing uh, analysts talking, and they're like, these guys landed 90% of the power punches. Like, there is no defense whatsoever. And they're like, as it's going on, they go, and then the, the crowd starts chanting for Rocky, and one guy goes, I've never actually seen a crowd change against the home fighter like that. And then they go into the whole thing with Rocky, or Apollo Creed was in dance shape, not boxing shape, which is why Creed got him, because he did a 20 shape. minutes dance number with James Brown. Oh my God. I'll send it that to you. That is very hilarious. funny. They 30 the for whole 30, 30 minutes. Yeah, but they, they wrapped wow. that up at the end. And who would have thought this unarticulate rambling by Rocky would have brought down the Soviet <laughs> Union? <laughs> And they even say, and Rocky was really hurt because Reagan never thanked him. 
Well, that's right. <laughs> Never got any credit on the international <laughs> stage. Didn't win any awards, no Nobel Prize. So you think it ends there? After that? After that, you go to five, which uh, originally Rocky was supposed to die in five. Really? Was that yeah. Stallone going, I'm done with this I series? I believe so, because he wrote it. And then when they when they, the, uh, the, the company, the, the studio wouldn't let him kill off this iconic character. So then it just became a bad movie. Now, had he dies, it could have been the final thing. Sure. But of course, we wouldn't have the new Creed movies and all that mm. sort of thing. So, but that's why the the uh, the fifth one was just horrible. It went like back to the first one, but you, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Do you? So this brings up the point. Let's think of either series of TV or movies where it ought to have ended earlier than oh, it did. Wow. Because you just brought one. up Rocky. That's a good one. Some people would say The American Office. Version of The Office. I disagree. I get asked this all so? the time because Tell people know what a huge fan I am of The Office. Yeah. I think it actually transitioned quite nicely. Now, the Michael Scott episodes are more iconic. But the Michael Scott episodes, to me, there's so many awkward moments, I have to skip. I can't <laughs> watch him give the, the toast at Phyllis's wedding. I can't yeah. watch the Scott's talk. Scott's talk is tough. I can't one. do it. The later episodes, you got James Spader coming in as Robert California. Those were just sit back and enjoy them for what they okay. were. It does not have the same comedic element without Carell, but I, I do like it. I think it pulled it off, and then at the end, it, it wrapped it up. I think if it would have gone one more season, I would have agreed. So you, were, so you think that the debate is on when Carell leaves, should the series have ended? That's what a lot of people ask. Not when Jim and Pam get together. No. Because that's an earlier moment. That's an, that, yeah, you're going back to what, season Because that would, that would ask the question, what is this series really about? And if it isn't about Jim and Pam, then you can keep going. I didn't think, I don't, I if think. They're, it, if they're essentially a yeah. subplot, if it's really a, a show that doesn't have a main plot, it has a series of subplots, then them getting together really doesn't hurt. I mean, because before it was just playful flirty, right? <laughs> and then you know that Jim's in love with Pam, but it's unrequited to an extent, I'm right. sure she And they tried to him. flip it. And, uh, you know, it was a fun point, and then they, they wrapped it up. They added the kid when, mm -hmm. they, when they had their child, Cece, but then it didn't make that a focal point, which is what I liked. I think that's where these TV shows make mistakes. You bring a kid into it, the whole thing changes. Okay. They just okay. kept her to the side and kept it rolling. I, I even thought with Will Ferrell, and he did just enough episodes where it was funny and not too much. Got so I got sick of it. I thought they did great with the person. So you would you would go with Office did it fine. I it, think the Office did it great. It shouldn't didn't need to end earlier than it did. Can you think of any series that you think they could even be on the air now? Um, or you think that well, should have been killed? There's a, a while lot back. because they mostly don't. Family Ties is one. Cosby Show, Growing Pains. That's when when they jump the shark. Uh, well, there's the, the original. Days, the there's the, yeah, when you add that character and there's no real reason for that character to be there mm -hmm. and then that character becomes a focal point you have now jumped the show the steve urkel effect yes absolutely. <laughs> that's what it is officially known <laughs> as let's get a patent on yeah, that, steve urkel effect Trade, trademark right. because crispin glover effect didn't, didn't <laughs> stick there's a series the back to the future series oh love it that worked love it you know here's this that okay, worked for me uh Back to the Future 1, when that came out in 1985, I forced my dad, and I came from a divorced family, forced my dad and mom and my older sister and my older brother to take me. I saw it four times in theaters. <laughs> it's the only time that ever happened. And I remember being so excited about Back to the Future 2 because the film ends with To Be Continued. Right. So for four years, I'm waiting. And Back <laughs> to the Future 2 came out, and I left really disappointed. Really? Like, I was mad. 
It was like finding out there's no Santa Claus. Sorry, spoiler alert. Sorry, in case you, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, because it felt like it was so jumbled, so thrown together, so huh. unorganic, and then I realized the third one's coming out. So this movie was just okay. a stepping stone to the finish. Okay. And it's the first time I felt like that. And you mentioned Lord of the Rings. That's one of the right. only ones where they film them simultaneously. Right. Where I don't feel like they skipped something to get to something else. I okay. felt independently each one of those films stands alone as a good film. Okay. You know, where that, that second one always kind of gets uh, the two, was it, two castles? Oh, uh, two, towers. Two, yes, towers. two towers. Two towers. Yes. Uh, you know, I thought that was great. I could watch yes. that as a standalone movie. It, it might be a mistake to think of The Lord of the Rings as a trilogy and instead, no, it's just one very long movie. Yeah. It's one nine-hour movie or whatever it ends up being. <clears throat> Did you, were you a big fan of Seinfeld, the show? Oh, I am the biggest Seinfeld fan. There you go. Did that go too long? Did that end just right? It too ended, early? It, if you go back and watch that last season, it, it lost its, its charm. But there was just enough bloom on the rose to get through that. Had it gone one more season, you could tell they were kind of running out of ideas. Mm -hmm. and Which is odd for a show about nothing. About nothing. But they're like, <laughs> how many? Because you could just see it. Like oh, they, okay. they added a few more you know, plot points in there that they didn't before. And it just kind of got silly and stupid. But I loved it. Mm -hmm. But had it gone one more, I would have, that, that would have been it for me. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to switch real quick here because I have one last thing. Best season, or I should say, series finale. Because I know mine, and I don't know how it could be topped. I've got two, and that's tough. Same writers. Oh, okay. The Office and Parks and Rec. I thought those okay. ended great. Mine has got to be, and I will fight anybody that argues it was a terrible ending, is St. Elsewhere. Oh, see, your St. Elsewhere ending is insane. That's insane. That's the one with Denzel, right? Yeah, he's in it. He's not in the ending. Mark Harmon was yeah. with show. That is Howie a Mandel. phenomenal ending. Only the only one that might be better than that was Newhart, when they recalled an earlier Bob Newhart series. That is some meta nonsense. That is good the, the, the stuff. Saint, my mom used to watch that. Uh, Saint, uh, Saint I I was young. I right. was when when was that? 84, 85, somewhere in there. Maybe even earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So I was. I'm younger than you. Yes, you are. <laughs> Indeed. But the ending to that blew me away. I said, that is a great way to end this. What, what was it? Oh, the ending. Again, spoiler, but I think we're I good think we're, on the we're, timing. I think we're good if it was 84. The ending, to be brief here, characters appear in the ending that have died earlier in the series. You go, well, how is he back alive? Is it a flashback? And they start speaking, and none of them are doctors. And they have relationships with each other they don't really have. Two, two of the older characters come in, and one of them is the father to the other in this final scene. But that's not the reality. You're saying, wait, those two characters aren't father and son, and that guy's dead. How's this possible? They refer to a character named uh, Donnie, Donnie Westfall, who is an aut autistic kid of one of the characters. And the father-son, who are not father and son, aren't even doctors. They're, some, I think they're construction workers. So you're baffled as an audience member going, what's going on? What's happening? And they close in on Donnie Westfall, and they, they're, they're lamenting that they just can't reach this kid. He's severely autistic, and they can't reach him. And he's playing with a snow globe. And the, I think his father goes, I just don't know what's going on in his head. And when they close up on the snow globe, it's, it's the hospital. 
the whole series was the autistic kid's dream. Whoa. I know, man. That is good. That is a great ending. Wow. How have I, I don't never heard see of this? how it can get better. The whole and how, how many seasons were there? Oh gosh, good. no, no, no. There were maybe six or seven. Wow. I think. And it was all in. And the what's funny is because people have done a whole thing on this. In one of the episodes, they do a Cheers crossover. The doctors visit the Cheers bar. So some people go, wait, so Cheers then has to be part of his dream. Like how the, it's called the Donnie Westfall universe. What has this guy dreamt up? Well, that means Wings is also I there. Think, Wings I think is Hill Street Blues universe. is referenced. Because I think there's a Hill Street Blues reference in St. Elsewhere or vice versa. So people are like, this one autistic kid was like all of 80s TV. <laughs> he did it all. Somehow. What about Cadme and Lisa? Mary Tyler Moore's in there. <laughs> Lou Grant's in there. No, but apparently the actors hated it because they felt like, so it, none of this happened. Right? And all of my character didn't exist. And my comment would be, well, he already doesn't. Like, yeah, like we just he just doesn't to one further level. But that's what's so fascinating, I right? I think it's great. That the actors got upset, so none of this happened. And you want to say, well, yeah, it already didn't happen. Yeah, this is a it's already TV fiction. Show, right? But to the actors, like, well, I know I'm fiction, but at least I'm one step closer to reality than being a fictional dream of another fictional. I think, we're fictional. Hairs that I think that's fantastic. That's, a, that's amazing. That is a fantastic I ending. can't believe I haven't heard. I'm going to have to go watch yeah, it. I'm going to have to go watch it. Well, it won't have the impact. You, I mean, imagine watching a show for six years and then realizing it's all a dream of one of the characters in the show you were watching. My, and, it, and the show hadn't gotten mystical. It really wasn't. It was a very, you know, they tackled nuts and bolts. They some tough issues in that. Uh, Mark Harmon's character had AIDS, HIV, yeah. there was a, uh, and he was a philanderer. He was not ready for it. And there was a, a prison scene. Uh, that one there day. was a male rape yeah. in a like prison infirmary, I think yeah. it was. Uh, there was like a serial killer on the staff. There was, and there was always you know budget problems and how do we balance budget versus humanity, and there was humor. It was just a darn good show. Howie Mandel made a star yeah. there. Emergency room doctor. And see, and that's in the early 80s before things were really comfortable. Everything was fluff before then, right? I mean, they tackled some A lot of old. fluff, and that's what made that one. Yeah. And Hill Street Blue is a very similar right. kind of show. Just, we, I think we do the same thing, but something I was noticing last night, my wife was watching um, New Amsterdam. And I think it was trying to be another, you know, hard-hitting medical show. This is going to sound weird. Maybe this is a topic for another time because we're almost done. Everyone in it was a beautiful person. And, you know, we're about to go to practice. There's not that many beautiful people. No. Our, our no, staff, no. <laughs> myself very much included. <laughs> this is not... It's not the way it works. Yeah, it's not uh, a Teen Bop magazine. It's no, not, not everybody's chiseled. Say by the bell, the, uh, the ER version of... Where you're 28 <laughs> years old but still a high school junior somehow. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next one. Why are so many people in TV beautiful and we're not? <laughs> See you right later, everyone. If you'd like to hear more from Chris Varner, please visit my lifestyle channel called Just a Dad Bod. And for Sean, you can find my books on Amazon or on my website at seanobrienauthor.com.